Have you ever been overwhelmed? Have you ever been overwhelmed? What do you do, what do, you do when you're all stressed out? Uh, you've got more to do than you can ever do, more than you'll ever be able to get done. Uh, what do you do when you've got all these troubles and problems and, and issues and they all need solutions and it seems the solutions are all going to have to come from you and it seems to be all crashing in around you? What do you do when the pressure is building and it feels like you're pulled every which way, every which way you're being stretched and you can't get over there long enough to put out that fire before another fire starts somewhere else and in all these directions you're being pulled and, it, and again, it seems like it's all falling upon you. Have you ever been overwhelmed? What about discouraged? Just flat discouraged. Things haven't gone as you'd planned. Things haven't worked out as you'd hoped. You find yourself in a position that you never thought you'd be in. Have you ever just been just discouraged? Or what about the, the, the point where it just seems hopeless? And you're at the point and you, and you, and you have a, a sense of logic about you and you survey the situation and you know, you know what, this isn't ever going to work. It doesn't seem this is ever going to turn or ever going to change. And it seems like it's not going to work out. And you've just become hopeless. Have you ever been overwhelmed. Well, the question is, what do you do when you're overwhelmed? What should you do when you're all stressed out? What should you do when you find yourself in the midst of great discouragement? Well, today, our answer comes from a great philosopher, a well-known philosopher named Hank Williams, Jr. And he said, sometimes we need an attitude adjustment. I think he's talking about other people when he said it. Well, today, the week of Thanksgiving 2018, our message is entitled, An Attitude Adjustment. We're in Philippians chapter 4. Today, we're going to look at some very familiar verses. I pray in a new life, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Philippians chapter 4, today, verses 4 through 7. An Attitude Adjustment. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. Philippians chapter 4, beginning here in the fourth verse. And it says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Verse 7, And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come today, we're thankful for you. I'm thankful for the hope that we have in Christ. I'm thankful for the, the, the peace that we have in Jesus Christ. Thankful for the truth of your word, that we can know Christ, that we can know how to be saved. We can know what our issue is. We can know the remedy that we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for your word. I pray now as we, as we began this time, I pray that you have been honored, that, it, that it's your praises that have gone up. And I pray now as we begin to study your word, I truly pray, Lord, that you would speak. And we come and our lives are anxious and our lives are, are sometimes overwhelming and we find ourselves, Lord, you know, in discouragement. I pray today that we would have a true attitude adjustment. But in you and in your truth, that we would be changed in this hour. I pray that you would truly speak. I pray for some in this room today that do not know Christ. My prayer, Lord, is that today in this hour, 
They would put their faith in Christ, that they would be saved. It would be the day, the hour of their salvation. Lord, I pray, trusting this all to you, giving this all to you, asking now that you would take it, that you would multiply it, that you would be known through it, and at the end that you would be glorified. Lord, we love you, and we praise you, and we worship you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Life is hard. That is, that is the reality. Life is hard. Be very sure, sure this morning, the biblical truth is that living as a follower of Jesus Christ in this sinful world is going to come with great problems. Understand that. That's the truth of Scripture. Living as a follower, a, de- a devoted follower of Jesus Christ in this sinful world is going to come with great problems. Yet we live in an age when people are preaching the opposite of that. Today I hear people and they're preaching that if if we follow Christ that it's going to be some great turning point in our life and and everything that we set our heart on is going to come to pass and you're going to get promotions and you're going to have the acclaim of the world and you're going to find success and, and for sure wealth is tied to that. And everything's going to fall into place when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. And that is the preaching of this world. That's that's how we're filling up churches in this day. And yet the Bible says, Jesus says, in this world, you will have tribulation. Jesus said that. In this world, you will have tribulation. The Bible says that we live in this present evil age, the day we're living in. It is is this present evil age. It's the age where Satan prowls about looking for someone to devour. That is this day. Those are these days. Satan is prowling about looking for someone to devour. The Bible says all who decide to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted more than just normal troubles. Those that decide to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, they're going to be hated. They're going to be rejected. They will be persecuted. Listen, the truth of it is this. Life is hard. In the New Testament in several places, it likens it to a battle. We are in a battle. We are in this battle. And we have to stand as though we're in a battle. We have to to fight as though we're in a battle. We have to to push on and to persevere as though we're in a battle. Starting off this morning, let me give you three areas where we have to battle as individuals. Now understand that the cause of Christ, we stand against the world, we battle against the world, we we battle against the forces of evil, we battle to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, but I'm talking about us as individuals, those in the front lines of the battle. Here are three areas that we have to battle as individuals. First is this. Today we have to battle against distraction. We have to battle against distraction. Now what that means is 
We are constantly lured into the things of this world. Isn't that the reality? Isn't that where we live today? We are constantly lured into the things of this world. We're constantly lured to sell out in some degree, maybe just a little bit, but to, to sell out to the system of this world and the things of this world, the, the pleasures of this world, the, the trinkets of this world always seek to, to pull us aside. We constantly have to battle distraction in this day. First John, it says, take care not to love the things of the world. And yet here we are always having to battle distraction, having to, to, to battle the inclination to take up causes that do not matter. So we have to battle distraction. The second thing is this. We have to battle discouragement. We have to battle discouragement. It literally means the loss of courage. The loss, the draining out of courage. In this fight, in this battle, as it, as it is hard, as it is heavy, we know it is easy to become discouraged. It is easy to see the loss of your courage and you're, and you're pushing and you're moving and you're striving and you're trying to be courageous and as you serve and as you serve and as you move and as you move, it is easy to see where discouragement takes hold. I was thinking about this, how interesting it is, how many times Paul talks about either being encouraged or encouraging others. Do you know that's a New Testament truth? How many times he talks about as, as the great apostle, as the great Paul, as he talk about the need for his, him, himself to be encouraged and then the great blessing to encourage others. We battle discouragement. And the third, even greater than the battle with discouragement, we battle against despair. We battle against despair. That is the feeling that it is hopeless. That is the feeling that it is pointless. We've, we've lost our courage, but this is more than just losing our courage. We're now beginning to lose our hope. And we start to find ourselves in a place of despair. And where we thought, you know, at one time the best is still ahead. At one time we had all these eggs in the basket. At one time we could count on these things. Those things have been stripped away. And we start to find ourselves despairing. And if we are honest... And if we're real, we truly have to battle those things. I have to battle those things. I have to battle the distractions of this world. You know what? It'd be so much better to do that. It would be so much easier, so much comfortable to do that. I have to battle discouragement. You know what? I, I don't know if I can do this, and I don't know if I can do that. And where I once was bold, I'm not as bold, and I have to battle discouragement. I have to battle despair. You know what? I can't see the end like I one time could see. I believe if we're honest, we have to battle those things. Well, today, we go to God's Word, our source. We go to God's Word, and we see our attitude as believers. We see our disposition as believers, and this is going to be our attitude adjustment for today. We're going to go to God's Word and see the answer for today. Let's move very quickly through our verses. Beginning today in the fourth verse, it says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Notice there it says 
Rejoice two times. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Understand, as believers, we are to be joyful people. As believers, of all people, of all the people that exist, we should be the most joyful of all people. Now, let me explain that to you this morning. Understand this. Joy is not an emotion. Joy is not a feeling. But rather, joy is a believer's reality. Joy is a believer's disposition. Let me explain that. Happiness can come and go. I'm sure as you sit here today, you can think about happier times in your life and maybe holidays that were so happy and maybe times when the kids were little. And you can you think about times that were so happy, but happiness comes and goes. Happiness can be great in one moment and not that far down the road. It can be a fleeting thing. We're not talking about happiness. But for believers, joy is the result of a settled confidence of a great outcome. And let me say that again. It took me a long time to think of it. For believers, listen to this, joy is the result. And I'll just tell you, it's the natural result. Joy is the result of a settled confidence of a great outcome. Understand, it is not in circumstances for sure, my lands, it's not in these present circumstances. But rather, listen, it is in the person of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Notice, that is why it says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Be very clear, that is our attitude adjustment today. Listen, our hope is in Jesus. Our future is in Jesus. Our salvation, our redemption, our forgiveness, they are in Jesus. And whatever and wherever we find ourselves, we can always rejoice in Jesus. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Listen, I can always rejoice in Jesus. Starting to feel better already. We can always rejoice in Jesus. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what's happening in your home. I don't care what's happening in the world. I don't care what's happening in your health. I don't care what's happening in your finances. We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. We can always rejoice in Jesus. Amen. Moving on to verse five, it says this. I want to read that again. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Verse five. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of all the fighting. I'm tired of all the yelling I'm tired of all the divisiveness. Watch the TV, talk to people, look on social media. I'm tired of all the dividing up. Hey, are you in my camp? Are you in their camp? I'm tired of all the division going on. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Gentle spirit in the Greek translates this. Goodwill, let your goodwill be known to all men. Another one says big heartedness. Let your big heartedness be known to all men. Here's my favorite. 
your sweet reasonableness. You know what? You're reasonable. And it is a sweet thing. Listen, as believers, we're not to be harsh. As believers, we're not to be heavy-handed. As believers, we're not to be dealers of retribution. As as believers, we're not to be a, a person that seeks to pay others back. We're to be a fresh of breath air. It is our sweet reasonableness, our calmness, that should be known to all men. The last of the verse says this, interesting thing. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. Now, that's interesting. Uh, scholars aren't sure if it should go with the verse ahead or the verse below. Or does it stand alone? I don't think it really matters. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Or the Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. Moving into the next verse. The Lord is near. Here's what it means. Near means close. The Lord is close. Now, it can have two objects here. It can mean two different things. Close in time. The Lord is near in time, or it can mean close in place, close in position. The Lord is near in place. Now, close in time would mean this. Jesus is coming again very soon. The Lord is near. Jesus is very soon to come again. It won't be long. And let me just tell you, I am glad for that. I'm excited about that. I'm ready for that. I do not believe that's what this verse is saying. I believe in context, it is a place. Now listen to this. Meaning, the Lord is near. He is with us. God is with us. It is his presence. It is talking about his presence. God is with us. Listen, talk about an attitude adjustment for today. Sometimes we forget that. God is with us. He's not far off somewhere. He's not somewhere in the great distance seeing how this pans out, watching us in pity. No, God is with us. In fact, we know as believers, God is in us. Listen, what do we have to fear as believers? What should cause us to worry as believers? What could be so bad as to trouble us as believers? Because God is with us. If you hear nothing else today, hear that. God is with me. What an attitude adjustment. As a believer, God is with us. God is with us. Verse six. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Be anxious for nothing. Anxious means worried, but it is more than that. It literally translates in parts. What that means is to go to pieces. That's what the word anxious literally means here in the original language, to go to pieces. Listen, hear this. The command of Scripture is go to pieces for nothing. Go to pieces for nothing. Nothing translates, listen to this, nothing. Or here's a complicated, another translation. It could also mean no thing. 
No thing. Did, did you get that? I, I need to, to remember that today. I need to think about that today. Talk about an attitude adjustment. I need to focus on that. No thing is out of his control. No thing is beyond his reach. No thing is too big. No thing is too hard. No thing is impossible. No thing is out of his power. And so no thing should cause us to worry. That's, that's what God is saying to us. That's from his word today. No thing should cause us to fall to pieces. No thing is out of his control. No thing is too big for him. And so no thing should cause us to worry. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, you guessed that it, it actually translates Everything. In all things, but in all things, in the good things, in the bad things, in the big things, in the small things, in everything by prayer. Now, prayer translates an exchange with God. It's really a conversation with God. By prayer, an exchange with God and supplication. Supplication translates Addressing a specific need with heartfelt petition. Prayer is a conversation with God, is an exchange with God. Supplication is a little bit different. It is bringing to him a specific need with a heartfelt petition. Listen, here's the attitude adjustment in this. I'm not praying near enough. We're not, we're not praying near enough. You understand that? We are not, I am not praying near enough. God says quit coming undone. Quit falling to pieces and start praying. He says you're all worried, you're all stressed out. You keep breaking into pieces. He says the answer is to be faithful, continuous in prayer. I'm not praying near enough. Then it says this. With thanksgiving, interesting thing. That's why I picked it for today, Thanksgiving. Friends, understand this. This is how we should approach our God. As a saved person, listen to me, as a saved person, as a person that's put their faith in Jesus Christ and been forgiven of much, that grace on top of grace has been poured out upon us, that we've received his forgiveness with a person who understands who Jesus Christ is. This is how we approach God with a deep, radical gratitude. That's how we come to God. Listen, I didn't deserve eternal life. No way, I spurned it. Listen, I don't deserve a relationship with the Holy God. No way, I broke it. But in the person of Christ, I am forgiven, I am redeemed. And when I approach my God, I approach him in deep, radical gratitude. Thank you, Lord. In all things, in prayer and supplication, we come with thanksgiving. Now, let me just tell you where we've made this too small, where we've made our celebration this week too small, where we've sold the whole thing short. Let me just tell you, we think this is gratitude for stuff. Isn't that really about what we think it is? We think it's gratitude for things. 
I'm thankful for this and the blessing of that and the blessing of this and the favor of that and we have a listing of things that we're thankful for. That's where we've made this too small. Now listen, yes, every good and perfect gift comes from God above. The Bible does say that, yes, but listen, that is way too small. This is not only our gratitude for the stuff we receive from God. It's not only gratitude for his provision. Yes, we're thankful for that. This is gratitude, listen, for God himself. This is gratitude for the nature of God, for the person of God, for the greatness of God. This is gratitude for God himself. This is gratitude that he is holy. This is gratitude that he's, that he's pure, that he's marvelous, that he's majestic, that he's mighty. This is gratitude that he's the creator and he spoke all things into existence in great power. This is gratitude that he is love and he's love eternal. This is gratitude that he's merciful to us as sinners, that he's gracious and kind to us as sinners. This is gratitude that he's trustworthy and he's faithful in all things, that he's unchanging. This is gratitude that nothing is too big for him, nothing is out of his control. This is gratitude for God himself. Friends, let me tell you, our Thanksgiving this year would be a whole lot better if we just thought about God. Oh, I'm so thankful for him and who he is and his nature. I'm so thankful for his power, for his kindness. I'm so thankful for, for, for his perfect son, Jesus, by whom I'm saved. Our thanksgiving will be a lot better if we didn't say, oh, I'm thankful for the car that's gonna wear out, the house that someone else will get someday, but I'm thankful for God himself. Tonight, we're gonna have a special Thanksgiving praise and prayer service this evening. And you know what we're gonna sing tonight? We're not gonna sing Count Your Many Blessings. I do love that song. We're gonna to sing to God be the glory. We're gonna sing how great thou art. We're gonna sing great is thy thankfulness and we're gonna thank God tonight for who he is. That's the expression of our heart. That's our response as believers. Thankfulness, gratitude for God himself. The last of the verse says this. Let your request be made known to God. Let your request be made known to God. Folks, I'm afraid we are all jammed up today. We're all messed up today because we've made our problems known to everyone but God. Facebook can't help you. God can. You know what? Make your request known to God. Nothing is impossible to him. Nothing is out of his reach. Make your requests, your petitions come with a heart of thanksgiving, but make them known before God. 1855, 163 years ago. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Here's the result. In fact, here's the promise. Look at verse 7. And the peace, 
Jesus says, peace I give to you, not as the world can give, and the peace of God, and the peace of God which surpasses. That means goes beyond. And the peace of God which goes beyond, which surpasses all comprehension. That means it doesn't make sense. Not in the least, it doesn't make sense. It's not able to be understood. And the peace of God, which goes beyond, which surpasses all comprehension, we can't get our minds around it, will guard, it means protect and hold, will guard your hearts and minds, your tired mind, your, your hurting heart will be guarded, and it says this, in Christ Jesus. Thanksgiving 2018, more than ever, more than ever, more than ever, I am thankful for Jesus. Friends, I am so thankful for Jesus more than any time in my life. I'm so thankful for his grace. I'm so thankful for his kindness. I'm so thankful that a powerful Lord, a king of all kings, would humble himself, becoming a slave, that I might be saved, that he would carry my sin, that I might be free from the penalty of sin, the burden of sin. I'm so thankful for Jesus Christ in a world that's washing away, in a world that's going completely chaotic, crazy. I'm so thankful that my Savior stands and he reigns today more than any time. I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for my Savior, my Lord, my Redeemer, my King. I'm thankful for my friend. What a friend I have in Jesus. Oh, my precious friend. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come. And I pray as we sit here today as sinful, messed up, hard-headed people, rebellious people. I pray that our eyes have been lifted today. I pray that our eyes have been fixed upon Jesus, the author and the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. I come today and I'm thankful, Lord, for Jesus Christ. And I, I confess with my mouth and my heart wells up and tells you, I'm so thankful, Lord, for Jesus, my hope, my friend, Jesus Lord, I pray that, that that thankfulness, that gratitude would shape how I speak, that it would be a, a spirit of, of kindness, would, would shape how I respond, it would be a spirit of trust, would, 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 would shape how I move, that it would be with boldness to tell folks about Jesus Christ. And I pray that, that that profound gratitude for Christ would shape everything about me. I pray for us as a church. Lord, let us be thankful today for God. Let us be thankful for his unchanging characteristics, his nature. Lord, let us be a people thankful for you. Lord, I pray for some here in this room that today do not know Jesus Christ. They do not know you, Lord. I pray that today they would put their faith in Christ. Lord, I pray that you've, you've already been working. I pray that you continue to work, that your word thunders in their head and in their heart and in the, the, the drawing of your spirit that today they would put their faith in you, Lord. I pray for us as believers that we would walk out of here with a true attitude adjustment, not something that comes and rises and falls with emotion but it's based upon the truth of a risen Savior, Jesus. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we thank you, we worship you. I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.